Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning and welcome to Dirt Radio. This is your host, Phil Evans, and today I am broadcasting live from the land of the Wurundjeri people in the Kulin Nation, where sovereignty has never been ceded. Of course, as we approach a day of mourning on Invasion Day, we pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging, and also say a big hello and a warm stand with solidarity and stand in support um, as we approach these difficult times and acknowledge the important role that First Nations people play in environmental and social justice struggles. This is, of course, Dirt Radio, the Friends of the Earth show on 3CR, and this is a show where we dig in deep and have a look at what is going on around at Friends of the Earth and also in the wider Grassroots Network. And today we're going to delve out into that network and have a bit of a conversation about something we talk about a lot on this show, gas. Um, people, uh, of course, will uh, be pretty familiar with all of the conversations we've been having as we struggle against this new rise of a new fossil fuel threat, particularly in Victoria. And today on the show, we're going to have a chat to Freya Leonard, who is a organiser with the Lock the Gate Alliance, good friends of foe and awesome grassroots campaigners who are working with rural folks and First Nations people to resist gas all across the country and coal as well. Um, so we'll have a chat about what is going on with gas, the role that local governments play in phasing out gas, and why it's important that we think deeper beyond just the production of electricity and energy and start to phase it out completely. That's today on the show, chatting with Freya Leonard from Lock the Gate in just a bit. Until then, we will listen to a few community service announcements and we'll be back on 3CR. Goongaroo Environment Centre is a grassroots community organisation campaigning for East Gippsland's precious forests. For over 15 years, we've been using direct action, citizen science and community engagement to stop the continued logging of precious native forests and threatened species habitat. After this summer's terrible bushfires, there's an even greater urgency to protect what remains and the Victorian government haven't ruled out plans to log the small fragments of unburnt forests and so-called salvage log in burnt areas. It's now so important that forests and wildlife are protected so they can recover. Head to gecko.org.au to keep updated with the latest news and to get involved. Gecko acknowledges the logging is happening on the stolen lands of the Gunnakurnai and Bidwell and the Naro people and that sovereignty was never ceded. A 3CR supporter. Yes, fantastic folks. They're at Gecko and all around in the forest community doing all this amazing citizen science work. And later on in the show, I'll let you know how you can get active and involved 
with some forest protection work as well. You're listening to 3CR. This is Dirt Radio. Phil Evans with you for another morning. And today, as I mentioned just before that community service announcement, we're talking about gas. And joining me on the phone today is a organiser with Lock the Gate. It is the wonderful Freya Leonard. How are you this morning, Freya? Bouncing along. How are you this morning, lovely Phil? I am great. I had a bit of a, a false start this morning, which I won't bore people with the stories on, but I'm going well now. I'm back in the studios at 3CR. It's so nice to be back on the air. Yeah, fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah, it's nice to see things maybe starting to creep back to normal. Fingers crossed, who knows? <laughs> what even is normal? Uh, who knows these days? Um, so, Freya, you are a part of the Lock the Gate Alliance. And for listeners who maybe aren't familiar with Lock the Gate, can you give us a little bit of an intro into who is Lock the Gate, how to get started, and what does it do all around the country? So, Lock the Gate is a grassroots community organisation. It's an alliance for different groups, individuals, particularly with a focus on um, representing farmers and uh, traditional owners nationally, they started as an opposition to the fracking industry. So gas mm. fracking um, around the country has proliferated, uh, particularly damaging Queensland around the Chinchilla area to start off with. So they've started as a voice for the farmers and the traditional owners who don't want to see groundwater supplies poisoned and depleted. They don't want to see um, farmland destroyed and they particularly don't want to see... Uh, fossil methane being released into the atmosphere, which, you know, at every point of extraction um, and production, as well as methane, is notoriously leaky. Mm. And it's around 85% more damaging to the climate in the short term than carbon dioxide. So there's all of the really strong reasons to not let fracking go ahead. And um, and uh, the started from a very sort of small group of rugged activists to become quite a strong organisation with representation in Queensland, Western Australia, around the country really, and mm. at the moment is fighting the good fight to stop um, gas drilling Narrabri mm. around the Pilgrim in New South Wales, as well as the Beetaloo Basin. Yeah, I um, I do mean I do recommend that people jump on to lockthegate.org.au and check it out. I am big fans of the work that is done around the country and taking on so many of the fights that uh, other organisations maybe don't have their eye on or have the finger on the pulse and really working on the ground to support people. And and, and I do want to talk about um, thinking global and acting local um, I think that uh, a lot of people, when they think about acting on climate change or um, to cut fossil fuel use, the instant is to go to coal and think about energy production. But really, um, the the rise of gas as a in the narrative as a transition fuel or as an alternative to coal is a really bit of a fallacy. And you kind of touched on that before in your answer. But but why is gas so bad? And why do you think? Um, that we really need to start paying attention to this, particularly in Australia, um, and whilst also resisting coal at the same time? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's increasingly becoming obvious that all fossil fuels are a bit on the nose, you know, <laughs> and, and we can't keep uh, continuing to drill resources that are depleting quickly um, and are incredibly damaging to the atmosphere and to the climate. So um, it, it's fast becoming obvious that it's not just coal, that it's gas and coal together are part of the problem. And 
of course, we've all been sold gas by the gas industry as a clean fuel. Um, increasingly, we're recognising that that is just not the case. Mm. Uh, while coal has been long recognised as being damaging to the climate, um, gas is now increasingly recognised as being more damaging, really, in like over in a twenty-year period. And mm. bearing in mind that we're facing a series of critical tipping points in the next decade, so we don't have twenty years to let methane uh, gas accumulate in uh, in the upper in the upper atmosphere. So, uh, yeah, it's it, fast becoming obvious that we just can't continue to extract these fossil resources and uh, and expect that that's okay. Yeah, and I think there's a, there's definitely like you know a lot of talk out there that this is the the way that we get off the coal. But like you were saying, the methane is really quite toxic and and does actually kind of exacerbate the problem of climate change and speed it up. Oh, yes, it does. And, and more than that as well, every time we burn gas in our homes, we're releasing a cocktail, a cocktail of um, a volatile organic chemicals and airborne pollutants. So we're looking at things like formaldehyde and carbon monoxide and, um, and those um, airborne pollutants are being released into our homes uh, through our central heating, through our gas stoves, um, are being linked increasingly to the increased prevalence of asthma, um, particularly in children and um, respiratory illnesses for older people. And, you know, while COVID is uh, <laughs> raging through the mm. communities, the last thing we need is anything that's going to be a, um, a bronchial agitator. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. um, so it's, it's, it's not just the impact that it has on the climate, it's also the impact that it has on our health. And the fact is that increasingly, as... Uh, renewables proliferate and as there are um, leaps and bounds in progress for battery storage and efficiency of renewables as well as um, just really efficient electric appliances, we realise that we just don't need these fuels. The, um, mm. the surfy of gas as a transition fuel is exactly that. You know, it was only ever going to be a finite resource and um, as we saw from uh, last year's spectacular um, gas pipeline fire in the Gulf of Mexico, mm. if anyone remembers, you know, the ring of fire. Well, vortex to hell, it looked like yeah, almost. Vortex to hell. <laughs> and, uh, you know, gas is not safe. It's, it's incredibly volatile at every point mm. of um, extraction and production. Um, from sort of smaller localised explosions to, I don't know if anyone listening remembers the Longford gas plant mm. disaster that happened in the 90s, you know, and um, and, uh, and and just endlessly polluting. Um, uh, anyone who has driven past the old AGL site mm. in Moravan, and that site is where the AGL buildings were, and, um, and it's so toxic that still nothing built on it after it was decommissioned in the 80s, you know, there's, there's just no coming back. Once you've opened, once you've, um, once you, there's no putting the toothpaste back in the tube with gas, you know, like <laughs> once it's out, it's out. And, um, and the only way forward really is just to recognise that we can't use gas anymore. Um, mm. We're really keen to see governments recognise that and start to plan for the retirement of gas infrastructure. We're seeing um, already in the ACT, they're banning gas to new builds. 
and um, and that's leading naturally to a conversation where they're starting to look at the gas transmission network and, and look at how they're going to retire it at the end of its life instead of replacing it, yeah. um, which is particularly pertinent to Victoria because at the moment we are in the um, second quarter of this year, the Victorian government is looking at renewing the contracts for um, the gas transmission network. So, so it's a really critical time for Victoria to have that really hard conversation about how are we going to prioritise fast-tracking ourselves off gas. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, it's not all bad news in Victoria on gas, and I feel like there are so many fronts opening up for this uh, potential for um, extraction. Um, And I don't want to stay laboured there because I do want to talk about the use and also some of the um, localised ways that we can um, be part of solutions. But but quickly, like uh, the the threat of extraction in um, Victoria and the the lies that are told around it, particularly around job creation and also um, the idea that uh, we need it for domestic use when most of it is actually for export, is actually pushing up the prices of gas and hitting families who are um, stuck on this this fuel because it, it really is... We, we have so much reliant on it. Mm, that's right. Well, you know, so gas prices are, are just on the increase again um, on the East Coast. And in Victoria, I don't know if, um, if listeners are, are aware, but we are the heaviest um, domestic users of gas in the country. So mm. in Victoria, we use one-third of the domestic gas in Australia. And, um, and most of that is going to basic stuff like um, central heating, heating hot water, our stoves. So it's really very household-based. The good news about that is that these are the easiest points of transition. So these are the easiest sources of gas to switch over and far easier than, say, sort of major industrial uses, Mm. um, like a smelter, for instance. But... um, so we have this fantastic opportunity to make a really substantial difference to um, the energy economy of Victoria and uh, and to the gas demand nationally. Um, and uh, it's fantastic to see that the Victorian government has commissioned the gas substitution roadmap, which was supposed to drop at the end of last year, but mm-hmm. you know any day now, hopefully. Yeah. Um, I note with some dismay that the, the Victorian government has identified that they want this to be a no regrets policy, um, which means that they will still plan to keep the gas infrastructure intact and functional. Um, but our argument at Lock the Gate is that a true no regrets policy is one where we just turn off the gas altogether and we recognise that we can't keep using gas. Um, now, for so people... For people listening at home, and I know I used to be one of these people until I um, discovered the joy of cooking, cooking with convection and, and things like that. It's just not cooking with gas is is kind of the narrative that is out there. And it's hard to imagine households without gas. Has there been any kind of leaps and bounds in the technology, particularly around um, heating and, and cooking, which is the, the first things that usually come to mind with gas? Absolutely. So... Um so this is the other really exciting thing. There's a, there's a number of different um, innovations uh, that mean that gas is just no longer on the table um, or shouldn't be and has no excuse to be in our energy mix anymore. Um, we um, Induction cooktops are an absolute revolution in cooking. <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> so amazing. And, and we're seeing chefs really kind of 
um, switching over to induction. I mean, if you can boil water in half the time on induction cooktop, why would you be messing around with <laughs> gas, you know, um, blurting um, airborne pollutants into your home mm. so that you can boil water in twice the, in twice the time? Um, really incredibly sensitive. So one of the things that people who say you will prize my gas cooktop out of my cold dead fingers um, are, um, are getting behind is that the... Um, the, the gentle um, nuance that you have of, of gas. So you can, you know, you can adjust it really sensitively. Induction cooktops are even better for that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we're finding that people are, I think once you've gone to induction, you can't go back. Um, and we're hearing that more and more. And, um, and for heating and cooling, throw away your gas central heating at the end of its life, obviously. I mean, we're suggesting everybody drug their appliances tomorrow, but when it's time to retire your old gas appliances, um, instead of replacing them with another gas appliance, replace them with um, a efficient and efficient electric mm. alternative. We're looking at, we're seeing people increasingly installing um, split system uh, air conditioners, which both heat mm. and cool the home incredibly efficiently. Mm. Um, and if that is powered by renewables, then straight away you've saved just an enormous gas bill, and um, and it's all it's all bonus. Usually, it pays for itself in under five years. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, incredibly reliable, um, amazingly efficient, and um, and that coupled with um, innovations in thermal efficiency, so just making your home more efficient mm. um, in terms of um, maintaining or keeping the heat out at the moment. <laughs> Or keeping it in in the winter time um, is is really sort of creating an energy revolution, not mm. just around Australia but in the world. And we are seeing places where they have far fewer solar resources, um, like the Netherlands, starting to create fully renewable-powered electric homes. Oh, how exciting. The the ways of the future. We're chatting with uh, Freya Leonard, who is a part of the Lock the Gate Alliance, working in Victoria, particularly around gas issues, talking about um, the ways that uh, domestic supply can be changed, um, talking about some of the problems of gas. And I do want to pivot to a little bit of some of the work that Lock the Gate is doing in Victoria, particularly with local governments. Now, people often think when they think about um, the resistance to new fossil fuels and fossil fuel projects and things like that, think about the federal government and state governments. But what is the role that local governments can play in phasing out the use of fossil fuels? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked because this is a super exciting area. So while we're seeing absolutely zero leadership, and in fact quite the opposite at the federal government level, and we're seeing state governments sort of taking their various own approaches to um, trying to get closer, I guess, to net zero emissions and, uh, and pivot to the new renewable energy economy. Uh, local governments have been showing the most spectacular leadership. You know, we're, we're seeing councils really taking on the challenge of uh, switching off gas. And um, and so we are super excited to be launching a campaign um, powering up councils with the, our renewable not, Renewables Not Gas project mm. um, that I'm the program coordinator of. And, uh, and we are asking, we're calling on councils across Victoria to commit to um, removing gas from all council infrastructure, and that's particularly important when we're looking at things like leisure centres, you know, pools 
are generally heated with gas and um, and there are um, renewable or electric alternatives ready to go mm. straight away. And we are seeing some councils starting to embrace those measures and um, and those renewable alternatives like the City of Moreland that is made commitment to remove gas from all council infrastructure. And a number of other councils are doing that as well around the state. Um, and we, uh, the second ask that we have is that councils on the gas network um, introduce a planning scheme amendment to uh, ban gas, to um, or ban new gas connections across the municipality, so that if you are building a new house or if you are doing a major renovation, that um, your gas supply, subdividing, for instance, your gas supply um, will not be an option. Mm. And um, because the best way to stop a problem is, is to make sure it doesn't start in the first place. Mm. So, um, so our campaign is really just, uh, it's a very positive campaign. We're looking at what's already working and we're encouraging other councils and particularly councils on the um, gas pipeline network across Victoria um, and in major growth areas to make the commitment to remove gas from all council facilities and refuse gas connections. And have any uh, of the councils in Victoria committed to do any of that work? Yeah, so um, I hear rumours, and I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to say <laughs> because it's just rumours, but I hear rumours that there are some councils in key growth areas that are already investigating um, banning new gas connections. Great. Uh, which is super exciting, but certainly, um, yeah, City of Moreland, uh, City of Yarra, uh, Mornington Peninsula Shire, which is really interesting, because that's traditionally been quite a blue-ribbon Liberal seat um, in Victoria, mm. and they have, uh, even I think two years ago, were starting to put down the plans to remove gas from council infrastructure. Amazing. So, um, so some of these steps are already happening. Uh, in terms of um, banning new gas connections, it's not as far along as we would like, however it's encouraging to see that some councils are starting to, um, you know, pull out the pen and, and do some scratching on to see how they can make that happen. And our position is that if enough councils... I mean, to, to pass the planning scheme amendment, councils need the permission of the planning minister. So if enough councils request this planning scheme amendment, they're applying some really strong upward pressure to the Victorian state government to say, hey, look, we don't want gas. Um, we don't need gas. And it's time that the state government started to look at how we move beyond gas. Um, absolutely. And and uh, the vision is that Victoria can become the first gas-free state in Australia. Oh, what a what a beautiful thing to add to the crowd. Uh, we're first state in, uh, in Australia to ban fracking um, as an extraction uh, method for gas and then the first to switch off gas and go beyond gas. It sounds so, so exciting. exciting. <laughs> so exciting and even better, you know, we're actually the only place in the world that has a constitutional ban mm. on fracking. Could um, it get any stronger? <laughs> I know. Well, yes, it could because we also have a ban on acidisation, which is another form of um, gas well stimulation where they pour acid down a... <laughs> long well and um, to dissolve rock and, and release gas, uh, which is a big nope as far as we're concerned. And that is also banned in Victoria, which is one of the only places in the world, or if not the only place in the world. Yeah, where... I mean, that sounds terrifying. Um, however, yeah. we are running out of time, Freya, although I feel like I could talk to you for another hour about gas. 
Um, and perhaps we can um, organise another show in the future. But I do want to let people know if they're interested in this renewables not gas revolution that uh, lock the gate are spearheading in Victoria, particularly thinking global about um, the implications of continued gas use, but acting local via our local governments. How might they get involved or find out more? Yeah, so we on, on Thursday night we are presenting a webinar um, which really just talks through the different options. It highlights what some councils are already doing in this space and uh, give people the opportunity to take action directly with their council mm. and request of their council to um, remove gas from council infrastructure, ban new gas connections, if their council isn't already doing that, and to call on the um, State Energy Minister to make a commitment to remove all gas from the energy economy in Victoria. Um, I can I can just quickly give a shout-out to a link for registrations for this webinar. Absolutely, and I'll make sure to put that in the show notes on 3cr.org.au forward slash dirt radio as well. Fantastic. So the link is bit.ly uh, forward slash <laughs> Victoria Energy, or one word, at mm-hmm. bit.ly forward slash Victoria Energy, all one word. And... Um, and we're really excited to have a fantastic lineup of speakers. Um, we have uh, Paul Swift from Moreland Council. He's the zero carbon lead. And so he'll be talking about the work that Moreland Council has been doing to remove gas from council buildings. Um, we have Councillor Kerry McCafferty from Mornington Peninsula Council talking about the work that they're doing to phase gas out of households. And they're planning to install microgrids, which which is another really exciting whole area that I'm sure we could talk about for another half hour. <laughs> um, it all flies by so quickly, doesn't it? <laughs> I know, it does. And, um, and uh, yeah, and so so really kind of um, great to see Mornington Peninsula Council totally getting on the front with, um, with playing a leadership role in managing energy at a municipal level. We also have um, Trent Hawkins from Northmore Gordon, um, they wrote a fantastic report about how Victoria can transition off gas and with really realistic frames and very practical steps to follow to do that. Um, so it is almost like the um, the gas substitution roadmap has already been written really by North Morgan. Um So he'll be speaking to some of that work and then we have the, the fabulous Tim Forsey who is the, the, um, the creator of the My Efficient Electric Home Facebook page, which uh, which is surging tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands by now members <laughs> on that um, on that Facebook page that provides really practical how tos about transitioning from gas to efficient electric, and so he'll be talking about um, some of those sorts of measures that anyone can do, and um, and and really great to um, to be aware that. Those measures can be so simple and, and don't really require an enormous amount of investment, but it's a great um, great sort of online workshop for people who do want to switch off the gas and pivot to renewable electric. Amazing. And I will put links up to that webinar that is on Thursday as well on 3cr.org.au forward slash dirt radio, where you can also catch up with the conversation I've just had with Freya Leonard from Lock the Gate Alliance, talking all things gas in Victoria, thinking global, acting local. Thanks so much for joining us on Dirt Radio today, Freya. Thank you so much, Bill. I, would just, I wanted to start off by saying, but I'll say it at the end, um, I'd like to acknowledge that I'm on the land of the Panarong people of the Kulin Nation and I pay my respects, of course, to their ancestors past, present and emerging. Um, 
I'm living on stolen land and endlessly respectful of the traditional owners of the land on which I sit. Awesome. Thanks, Freya. Have yourself a great day and I will speak to you soon. See you I later. Thank you. Bye, Bye. That was Freya Leonard from Lock the Gate. And, of course, you can catch up with that conversation, as I said, with a... Uh, with a uh, oh, I've got a little beep and noise going on, so I'm just going to get rid of that. Um, with a podcast at 3cr.org.au forward slash dirt radio, and you can catch up on all the shows there throughout the year. We are almost out of time, but I did promise that I would give a little bit of a hint on how you can get involved in some citizen science to protect forests um, with Friends of the Earth and the uh, Ableton West Forest Group, um, where there is a biodiversity bush bash this Saturday. Um, It is... uh, Oh, it has been cancelled, I just read. Uh, Let's uh, say if you do want to get involved, then check out melbournefo.org.au forward slash forest. And I apologize. I didn't realize that had been a late scratching. Um, But yeah, get on to melbournefo.org.au forward slash forests. Um, and you can find out where you can get involved in the Melbourne Friends of the Earth Forest Collective um, and get involved in some citizen science once it is safe to do so again. We're at the end of the show. Um, Just a minute or so until uh, we have Gav, who will be doing the Billabong Beach show on 3CR. So stick around, um, enjoy the show, and, of course, we'll go out with a song. Uh, We'll leave today with a little bit of Patti Smith. It'll probably fade out pretty quickly. But here, people have the power, and I shall see you next week. Phil Evans signing out from Dirt Radio. See you later. Dreaming